Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am extremely happy to have you with us today. We have a great topic coming up, but before we get started, wanted to remind everyone about the Healthy Family Project Facebook group, where we continue the conversation from the podcast and also share thoughts, ideas, not just all food, different, you know, tips and help, asking for help. That's a big one. Um, So it's always interesting to see the conversations happening over there and join in with those. And also we added some new recipes to our website recently, healthyfamilyproject.com. And hope if you end up making any of these, if you're the the type that likes to show off on show the recipes off on Instagram, we love it. You can tag us and also even just let us know if you try something, how it turned out. We do have a recipe rating system on the website and an area where you can comment um, anything you know about the recipes that you are trying out. So today we are talking with Laura Fuentes. Laura is the creator of Mamables, where she's helped thousands of families improve their life and wellness by establishing healthier habits as a family with her family kickstart program and weekly meal plans. We love a good meal plan over here. So awesome. She's the author of five cookbooks, a successful entrepreneur, public speaker, spokesperson, and makes regular television appearances on shows like Today and Good Morning America. She has competed on Food Network and won, and her 100,000 plus YouTube subscribers make her an official YouTuber, according to her 10-year-old, that is. So Laura is bilingual, born and raised in Spain, and currently lives outside of New Orleans with her husband and three kids. In her spare time, Laura reads, sleeps, and works out. What she loves most is taking family travel adventures. So today's topic is how to stop being a short order cook. I think this is relevant to many of us, whether you're a short order cook for your family um, on, you know, whatever level level that might be, whether it's just a couple times a week or if it's you're in deep. So Laura is going to help us out with that topic today and let's get started. Welcome, Laura, to the Healthy Family Project podcast. I've been a fan of yours for some time now, and I'm super excited to have you on the show. Can you tell listeners a little bit about you? Thank you for having me here, Amanda. I we It's been such a fun journey just to get here and share this information with your listeners. Um, but as you know, part of the journey is just as fun as it is you know, the ups and downs of being a yeah. parent. I am a <laughs> mom to three kids. And since 2011, which I feel like I'm a dinosaur in this whole social media online no, world. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, when you've been doing it a long time. I know, when I, know. I <laughs> When I first started, my kids were younger and I really struggled with trying to figure out what to pack for lunch. That's why the name Mommables, because I started making healthier versions of Lunchables, and my daughter would call them a momable. And so I one day uh, decided, you know what? Um, I'm going to share what I do online so that the parents in her class don't always ask, hey, do you have a recipe for this? Do you have a recipe for that? And I just found myself like testing things, learning how to cook for my family. And so I started momables as a way to document what I was making for her. 
And lo and behold, people started coming, people that struggled with what to pack for lunch for their kids. And that's really kind of like how I started um, that catapulted into my first cookbook, the best homemade kids lunches on the planet. Now I have five, but really trying and, you know, not being afraid of failing in the kitchen a lot because my background is in global economics. So mm-hmm. I am not a trained <laughs> chef. Um, I have an MBA. I work the corporate world. So I was not very domesticated when I first started this whole parenting journey, right? Like I was really hesitant because I wanted to be a good mom, like all, you know, all of us out there. And so I really began by sharing right off the get-go, not what I did great, but what I struggled with every single day, which was making meals that my family would eat because I also have a very, I have three kids and my middle son gave me a run for his money, my money. Um, when it comes to meal times and picky eating, I spent seven years in therapy with him um, from, you know, nutritionist to feeding therapy to in and out of doctors. So our journey has been adventurous at best. Um, but on the plus side, I have learned so much and it really, I'm still learning and I still share all of that in my cookbooks, on the recipes that I create online, on my YouTube channel, um, because I feel like if I can just help one family, you know, with their healthy eating journey, maybe overcome picky eating, maybe just literally get started with meal planning, you know, like eliminate the overwhelm and simplify some of those things for them. I'm here for it. Well, and it's interesting because I've had <clears throat> several guests on the show that their journey starts similarly where they're struggling with something and they go into whatever it might be because it's a struggle for them. And then they start getting other people having questions and it's a way to share information. And then it just, you know, becomes this amazing, awesome thing. and such a resource for so many people. So very cool. Um, so today we are talking about how to stop being a short order cook for your family. Oh my gosh, I am so guilty of this. Um, as much as I'd like to say I'm not, it's one of those things. I've had this conversation several times recently where I said, when my kids were born, you have this vision. You're like, they're going to eat this and they're going to do this and they're going to be like this. And then this will happen. And really none of that really ever. (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs) I should know that trying to have a plan like that is, you know, not the way to go. There's already a plan um, in place. So my oldest has always been adventurous eater. And I was really lucked out with her. She wanted to try everything. I mean, she was wanting to eat sushi at like three years old. It was wonderful. I felt like I was winning. Um, And then my second came along (laughs) and she was a little different. So um, complete opposite. We've come a long way. Like, like you're saying, you've had a journey. We've also had our own journey and I've learned a lot. And I think she's learned a lot um, along the way. Um, I do find myself not as often now, because I think I've I've developed just kind of a little bit of a strategy that works for us, but I still find myself short order cooking for her at times um, just because you're in a situation where you feel like, well, either they're not going to eat anything and be starved and cranky and, you know, I'm going to have the worst evening ever, or I just make this extra thing. So 
Um, yes, I'm, I'm not alone in this struggle. I could talk for a while about it. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% not alone um, in, in the room with me. You're yes. not alone. And I'm sure those parents, the people that are listening, they're shaking their heads as well because, you know, we're all individual human beings. And, you know, I like different things that my husband likes. I like different things that my mom likes. It's just like, I explain to people that, our children, they like different things as well, right? They're, we're all individuals. So this, but this is a struggle that many families experience. And I know for a fact that um, I've worked with thousands of families in my community, both very closely in groups and um, th- over the years. And there's one thing that you, you named it, you know, we, we all want to make sure our kids eat something, right? Like, because we feel that nurturing the need to provide as parents and because, and by doing that, right, we're more worried to make sure that they're getting nutrition and they, they eat something that we find ourselves trying to please everyone when we take a step back and decide, Hey, we're, I'm going to now get organized and meal plan. But in order to meal plan, that means that if I'm going to pick a meal, she's got to eat it. He's got to like it. They have to do that. It's, so all of a sudden, the uh, it becomes more complicated, right? Because we're trying to check all of these boxes. Maybe it's I get home late that night. Maybe the, oh, she doesn't eat uh, meat, but they'll eat turkey and they don't, they don't eat beans and or onions. You know, so we start really, um, it's almost like, because we have so many choices, we become overwhelmed because we have so many boxes to check. The entire process is overwhelming. So we literally just continue to do what is the path of least resistance, Mm -hmm. which is what we're currently doing, which we obviously know isn't working. So what I always tell people is, look, I know there's a lot of boxes to check, but you just have to keep it really, really simple when it comes to meal planning. And we can talk a little bit more about that. Like, I just want to free people from thinking that they're the only one experiencing overwhelm when it comes to planning their meals, one. And as you mentioned, we find ourselves shorter to cooking from time to time. And that is that happens, listen, even if I meal plan, I also find myself short order cooking sometimes because I burned the chicken or I right. yes. didn't buy enough. Like somebody's really hungry and I did somebody didn't buy, I didn't buy enough. Right. Um, or we literally something happened after practice. I gave two other kids a ride home and now I'm home an hour later. Okay. Um, so there are different life circumstances that can lead to going, okay, you eat this and I eat that. And we just call it a meal. But the problem lies is when we find ourselves making that the norm. Right. right? And so that's where we become kind of deflated with mealtimes. We don't really want to plan. um, And it's just a a chore, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's not fun. We don't, we don't need any more chores. We need something to be fun. And yeah, I, and I'm just thinking like, as we're talking, some, all some memories are popping up, but you know, it's even when you do the short order cooking and you try to get everyone what they need mm-hmm. and it's in a rush and not planned and then people still you know are grumbling and not real happy with what they're eating and have comments and i mean despite the fact that you just made everything for every individual <laughs> and then you have them you know not really loving what you made it's kind of like oh okay 
Why? Okay. So I just did, I want to intervene right here, right now. Yes. What you just said <laughs> is super common and it happens in a lot of our households. And I just did a webinar for my community about this very thing is overcoming a lot of these experiences and how to transform the, the mealtime experience. It's not about the food. It's about what happens at meals. And one of the things that parents shared with me is that even if they shorter the cook, right? Even if, hey, I'm making what you like and I'm making what so-and-so likes and everybody has on their plate what they typically eat and yet they still complain. Yeah. I, to that, I tell, I, I said to people, I said, hey, wait a minute. You did an amazing job. Not, not even did you just make one meal. You made meals that pleased every person, meaning what they will eat. And now you are tolerating a negative comment that's just unacceptable. And so it would never dawn on most people like in my community when I had this, I just had this uh, group Zoom the other day and I, it just never dawned on people to go, wait, what? Like I can, I can tell people that that's unacceptable. And I said, yes. When your kid brings home a piece of art in first grade, second grade, third grade, and you cannot distinguish what the heck it is, <laughs> true. but they, <laughs> they put effort into it, you praise them and you hang it up on the wall or you put it in your refrigerator, right? Because that's what parents do. We encourage them in what they're, what they're most proud of. So you do not have to take it, the negative comment. You can just step in nicely and go, hey guys, it's late for everyone. I too had a long day and I made a meal that I made several meals. In fact, right. If, if that was the case, I made several meals with things that everybody likes. I would really appreciate it if you didn't put me down for my effort because it really hurts my feelings. And people were like really quiet for a second because nobody's ever told them that right. you can express that what they just did hurt your feelings and that it's literally what we experience day in and day out at home as the people that make meals for our family, many of us anyway. And I put myself in there because there's nights that my kids also fuss and now they know better because I'm very kind and verbal about what I, how I allow people to treat right. me even in my own home. And so if you're listening, you can kindly say, please don't put me down. In, in better words, but that's really what you have to do so that you, you get what I call a positive feedback loop, right? Like just like when right. our kids bring artwork, we praise them. They may not, we may not like it and we cannot figure out what it is, <laughs> but we still praise them. And so right. I asked of my family, hey guys, it really helps me be more encouraged to make meals at home or cook for everyone more willingly if you at least didn't complain about it. And that was also really eye-opening for them. So I hope if you're listening, you, if there's something to take it, take with you today, among other things we're going to talk about, is that you can indeed set the expectation that they don't, they don't have to complain about it. And that's a really good, like just, you know, the teachable <laughs> moment quote, um, a teachable moment for your kids too, to understand just in general that, like you said, not just at this table, but this is how you would respect any people in life, right? People in life, people in general, whenever something is created for you and someone has put effort into something that, you know, yeah. that it's, you, you can't really just come out and start <laughs> complaining about it. <laughs> right. And, and, so. you know, a lot of that you can incorporate when you meal plan, going back to meal planning. Yes. Uh, you can foresee 
some of these things. That's why meal planning, I feel, is honestly a great way to avoid a lot of these things at the dinner table. Right. Well, and I think too, that's a good opportunity if you're you're having a lot of that complaining or comments or whatever, that's a good time to invite the kids into the process and say, Mm -hmm. okay, listen, I recognize this isn't something you like, or then let's do the meal plan together here. Go on Pinterest, like search, you know, you're old enough to go and, you know, I remember even having my five-year-old back in the day, go onto Pinterest and search through and, and she would say, Oh, I like this. This looks good. Can we add this to the grocery list? And so having those visuals and having them be a part of the process, I think can help, help in my experience has helped avoid some of that too, because they don't want to put down something that they picked out or helped make. (laughs) Right. I mean, when I hear people have teenagers and I'm like, Oh my gosh, teenagers, they're they're the perfect person to delegate kitchen oh, yes. cooking and tasks. I don't care if it takes longer and I don't care if they make a mess, but like they're doing it because at their age, they can read a recipe, right? Like oh, they yeah. can follow directions, right? If they can figure out how Minecraft and a lot of these yeah. video games work <laughs> that I cannot, True. they can follow simple recipe steps, yeah. right? So there's many nights I just delegate. And I'm like, hey, I'm coming home late from the studio, Yep. The recipe is printed. The food's in the refrigerator. Figure it out. I like the... Um, and they, at first they were kind of shocked. Yeah, right. right. Now they're like, like really? oh gosh, she's serious. Well, you know? and two, I think with like, for me, because I work in food, you work with food all the time. Our kids are like, wait, you... Okay. Like, am I going to make... Wait, mom's not eat? cooking? Yeah. <laughs> like, am I going to make like something? And I'm by far not a chef, by a chef by any means, but the kids are like, wait, what? You want us to just make it, but I like to buy, there's some flatbreads out there. And I have found that keeping those stocked every week, if I'm having a late night, that the kids can easily find things in the fridge, like whether it be like my oldest likes goat cheese or like sliced apples Mm -hmm. and arugula, but like all these, like just random things she'll find. Like, oh, I put olives on this one with just cheese and some olive oil and some diced tomatoes or whatever it might be. And so they can easily, um, the flatbreads have become like a staple every week. I have those in my pantry so that they can pull those out. And if I'm not at home, like, go ahead, make a flatbread. I don't care what it is. Just, you know, find your toppings, look in the fridge, see what we have and, and figure it out. So that's been a lifesaver. Um, okay. So I have on my my little uh, question sheet here. What are your top tips? So if today someone listening says, all right, I want to stop being this short order cook, like where even to begin? Because I think whenever there's topics on the podcast or just in life in general, the hardest thing is knowing where to start or how to stop. Yes. You know, once once you've been doing something for so long and the expectations maybe of your family or kind of like, this is how this happens. This, I get this food. I get what I want, blah, blah, blah. So it's oftentimes hard to just say, all right, this isn't happening anymore. What are your recommendations on getting going? Yeah. So the um, I'll start with the last question you said when people are like, oh, this isn't happening anymore. Like the first thing I would say is communicate it to your family, not in a what I call the <laughs> diets, the diet syndrome, right? you know, like when you, there's no better way to fail and go on a diet because 
you immediately see the things you cannot have. So when we communicate that we're going to make a change in any way, shape, or form in our, with our family and our meal times from what's expected, I always tell people, don't say, we're not doing this anymore. That's like saying, you cannot have any more chocolate yeah. ever again. Right. Yeah. That's so never a good. <laughs> it's always, so I've always, again, from a place of concern, sincerity, hey guys, I'm really struggling to get meals on the table at a decent time, or I really feel pressured. I'm a little bit overwhelmed. Like, be honest. However, it is that you're feeling over meal times, be upfront and honest about it and going like, and in order for me to not be as tired in a night, I want to be able, if you have younger kids, hey, in order for me to sit down and read a story with you right. without rushing, I really want to get to that story, right? Like, you have to find a way to where they'll understand and relate it. And in order to um, really enjoy story time, I'm going to need to take a step back and maybe make a plan for the week for food, which will be really helpful if we can all kind of follow it or help along. Now, that's sort of how, how to communicate it, right? Like the what's right. in it for them. What are they getting out of the change in a positive way? So whatever it is that resonates with your kids. Um, the story time is a really big one for my younger kids or, um, you know, homework time. Um, you know, there's no busier time than help get homework help at the kitchen counter while you're trying to cook and figure it out. And you're like, <laughs> what? Yeah. I also don't get algebra, right? Like it's so stressful. <laughs> this was me yesterday so, with fractions with my fifth right? grader. And she's like, so amazed that I don't know exactly like, well, why don't you know the answer to that? And I'm like, well, I have 17 things on the stove right now, <laughs> but it's in the book. And I'm like, yes, but my hands are full of chicken right now. Right. <laughs> and so it, it really, it, because there's a little bit less planning, right? Like if uh, it's, it works, whatever it resonates with your family, that's really, truly how to communicate it, right? I want to be more present. I want to be X, Y, and Z. So you get X, Y, and Z from me as well. And on the end of the day, our family does want to get help from us, read a story with us, watch TV with us, right? But so if you're able to save that time in the front end in the kitchen, then you'll have it on the back end. So now that is how to communicate it. The best way to start with quote meal planning, if that just that if you just shivered by hearing that word, um, is by answer one simple question is what meal do you struggle with most? Right? I could if if I could make one thing easier for me, myself in the kitchen, what would it be? Like for many families, like dinner is the thing that is most problematic, mostly because. I'm tired. They're tired. People are hungry. We get home late, right? Like those life things. So that's why people, if for no other reason, they choose to meal plan dinner. And I tell them like, if you have zero plan right now, right? Don't just go cold Turkey. And all of a sudden you're going to make all of these changes, right? right? Like what is the bigger goal for meal planning for dinner? Right? So maybe Maybe it's eating healthier. Maybe you find yourself ordering takeout three times a week or doing drive-through after practice or relying on frozen meals. Or like we just started a conversation that's like overwhelming, exhausted, so much to clean because you're cooking yes. three different things for everyone, right? right? Maybe you have like a meal delivery kit thing sent to you and your spouse and then the kids are eating something else. You know, like that is very common in a lot of families. And I'm like, wait, you either get the whole meal delivery kit for everyone 
or basically get the similar recipes. It's cheaper. It's quicker. You know, you're the meal delivery right. kit. You still have to chop it and cook it for the adults. And now you're doing the same thing for kids. Like, no, 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 no. So if you are not doing any of that, what I'm going to tell you and ask of you is literally just to start with one recipe. I know we all like to go very gun ho when we start yeah. something, right? <laughs> like I'm going to plan five meals and da, da, da. like, if you can barely survive it right now, why are you going to do all these things differently? Right. So right. just start with one recipe, plan for that recipe, right? So what I mean by planning for that recipe is right now, we all probably have our grocery list memorized, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. because most of us research, <laughs> research shows that 90% of people that go to the grocery every week purchase the exact same 80% of ingredients, right? Like, you know, when you go to the grocery and you give out your phone number for the discount, they track all everything we buy. And they have found that from week to week, we are buying 80% of the same things, right? Because that's our yep. staples and what our family likes. So all I'm asking you is not to change those 80%. I'm asking you to buy, to print out one recipe, and buy the ingredients that you need for that one recipe. So make it. You don't have to please everyone. You just literally have to, it's like going to a restaurant today. This is what they served. You like it, you don't. There's always one element, right? Even if it's just rice that every person will eat, right? You're not going to short order a cook. You're not going to cook something else. You just say, hey, this is a recipe we're trying tonight. It's like, hey, we're going out to Paco's restaurant tonight. Same thing. Okay, tonight we're making this recipe and that's what we have. And if they don't like it, there's always fruit in addition. Like I tell my kids, I'm not cooking something else. There's no warming up of leftovers when I'm trying something new. I really want your honest feedback because oftentimes I'm testing recipes, but mm-hmm. basically you're essentially by printing out a new recipe, you're also kind of quote testing, like you and I test recipes for our yes. jobs. Yes. So just say, hey, I just want your honest feedback. What do you like about it? It does, it cannot be, oh, I don't like it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know you don't eat peas, but you can leave those out. I just want it. How does it taste, right? The goal is to figure out what they actually enjoy, what flavor profile rocks their world, right? And mm-hmm. so you just do one recipe. And if one recipe is all you can handle for the week, that's fine. Start there. Then after a while, you're like, all right, like they're getting used to like, we're trying new stuff. Then then another time you're going to do two. So you write down the ingredients you need for those two recipes right? So, and that is how literally you can slowly incorporate what I call meal planning into, I am so overwhelmed. I'm doing none of the things, but I'm doing all the things at one time. Right. Right. And so that is how you can win your sanity back. Right. It comes to then looking at, Ooh, I'm going to look at those two recipes and take a look at, Ooh, I could marinate the chicken ahead of time. Why marinate the chicken at six o'clock marinated the night before right? Oh, those veggies, they're roasted veggies. Oh my gosh. If you just rolled your eyes, like no one's got time to roast veggies at six o'clock. Yes, you do. If you chop the veggies the night before (laughs) when the kitchen already exploded. Yes. And literally I chopped the veggies. I put them on the sheet pan that they're going to be baked in roasted. Okay. I drizzle the olive oil. I literally have the veggies prepped and ready to go. I cover them in plastic wrap and I stick that sheet pan in the refrigerator. And now tomorrow. Yeah, all I can do, I got time to, well, I'm not doing anything. The oven's doing it. I literally right. pull the sheet pan out <laughs> and stick it in there, right? But it thinking like that requires a type of calmness over mealtimes. So I, that's why I tell people, start with introducing one recipe, then two. And then you can then look at the steps and go, wow, well, 
since my kitchen already exploded, this is what I'm going to do tonight, right? For tomorrow. And that's part of meal prep. Meal prep does not mean I'm going to cook the whole meal and then it's, that's like cooking another meal or two meals in one night or four hours of prep. No one's got time for that. Prep simply means what step can I do today that totally shaves off the, the cutting, chopping, slicing, and dicing tomorrow. Well, and you mentioned flavor profile. And so mm-hmm. I know that's something that on your site, you talk about a lot, helping people discover or discover their families or their children's flavor profiles and how this helps the picky eater journey. And I can imagine by introducing those one recipes a week, that would probably be a good way to see like, okay, I didn't realize like they are leaning, like didn't know that they felt, you know, the curry was like vibing with them like that's Okay. So maybe we go down that path. So can you talk a little bit about flavor profile? Yes. So in our pick eating journey, one of the things I discovered with one of my therapists is what I just explained to you guys about one recipe at a time is exactly what I did years ago and then, and took notes to document what it is that will make my kids try different ingredients or what is it about an ingredient that if if I, instead of steaming it, I roasted, or if it was roasting Mm -hmm. once steamed, it's, it really takes a lot of trial and error. And um, when we do too many things at once, we're much more overwhelmed and less likely to do trial and error things. So that's why the one recipe a week is so helpful because one week you can try all the things that you've been pinning and saving and dying to try, but you're like, this won't go over well. But you know what? I just have to just do one meal. And honestly, you're pleasing everyone all the time. That one meal that week could be just for you. Right. But again, you're asking a positive feedback. Like I had no idea that my kids would actually enjoy curry. Now I I will add a little bit more of uh, canned coconut milk so that it's not as spicy. Right. And like tonight, actually I'm having a curry salmon. Salmon is not a a protein that two of my kids like too much, but they do like curry. So I'm going to, I'm willing to fail bringing it in because I know that they'll eat uh, some of the other things that serve with it, the white rice. And if they don't eat salmon, there's more leftovers for me tomorrow, but at least I try it, right? It, there's no, it, it, the flavor profile just means when you go out to eat in a restaurant, right? Like I don't ask you what, what do you, you know, what type of, what ingredient do you want to eat? No, 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 no. We don't ask our kids what ingredient they want because they're going to say chicken nuggets okay, right, or, yes. pizza, or whatever <laughs> it is at the top of the list or mac and cheese. What a flavor profile means, if you somebody asks you like, hey, you want to uh, grab dinner next week? Let's go out to eat, right? Imagine your best friend is asking you, let's go out. You know, we haven't been out in a long time. Let's go out to eat. You're like, oh, I'm so excited. Great. The next question is, what do you feel like eating? Right, right? Like, where should we go? And then you're like, oh, you know what? We haven't done Thai food in a long time. We haven't done Mexican in a long time. And what a flavor profile means is essentially, if you can think of it as like a restaurant type, right? So it could be the curries of the world, the Asian recipes, right? The, like I know in my household, soy sauce is not a winner when I want to introduce something new. My boy, two of my boys are not soy sauce fans. So that's just not a flavor quote profile or type of recipe that I'm going to pick for my new recipes. Now, 
from time to time, of course, I do like healthy takeout versions and there have mm-hmm. been some winners through trial and error, but you know, maybe it's marinara sauce is a, w- a winner for many families. Okay. So let's take a look at maybe like a pasta bake that has veggies and meat and all the other, something that's simple or something that incorporates, like you said, you know, flatbreads with certain toppings, a lot of interaction. So the flavor profile is simply what type of food is your family most receptive to? What flavors are they most receptive to? Maybe it's barbecue sauce. Heck, maybe you're like, you know what, honestly, is ranch dressing and ketchup. And you know what? That's okay too, right? Like you're going to maybe have a um, salad bar one day. And instead of making a big salad for everyone, you're just going to put all the ingredients out and you let each person assemble. And guess what? It's totally okay if lettuce is not the thing that they choose to put on their plate. Or maybe like my son, he only put one leaf of um, <laughs> one spinach leaf because he wanted to lick yeah. it and see what the spinach yeah, leaf tasted. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? Go for it. Yeah. Right. And then he discovered he didn't like biting into the spinach leaves because he couldn't even, he was, I really don't even know how dinosaurs bite into these green things. <laughs> but if you finally chop it, mom, and it's not this, paper texture. It just feels like a piece of paper in my mouth. And I was like, oh, hey, ding, ding. That's an alert to me that maybe if I finally chop it and put it into a scrambled egg or into a quiche, that might be a different vessel, right? So that's what I mean by flavor profiles is figure out the types of recipes. So you can use that as a guide to get out, get cooking outside your same 10 recipes that we make on repeat. So food is more exciting for you as well. Yeah. I like that idea. I I feel like I've been doing more of that lately with my younger daughter. There's things that I'll see that she likes new things that we've tried. And then I'm like, okay, so she liked that. So I can probably make this, which is sort of similar, but a little different and also introduces something new, but still captures what she's, she liked about the dish that I made. So she's coming, she's coming around. Plus she's at an age too. I think kids like want to experiment, you know, like you said about the spinach, like she's been more inquisitive because she really doesn't want to be the one at the table who has to eat something different at, at the age she's at now. Like she wants to. Maybe not even at the table, but when, as they get older with yeah. their friends, they, right. they experience that pressure of like, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, they're bringing that other things for lunch or they're, they find themselves eating at their friends' houses yes. and they don't want to be the one. It's really embarrassing from our kids' perspective to go, yeah, I don't eat that, right? So they, they, they also experience that. So that's how they slowly come out of it. But we have to also provide the opportunity for them to experience those things at home. Right. And last, even last night, I'm thinking, um, we had, so we had a Caesar salad that I added. I always add a bunch of different things to my Caesar salad, but I, I set everything out and I, a lot of times, which I know it's like me serving everybody is probably not like 2022 woman, <laughs> like what, what I should be doing, maybe making having everyone go get their own thing, but I actually really enjoy it. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy like presenting. Like I enjoy all of those things when I have time, when it's not a super crazy night. Mm -hmm. But last night I, um, set everything out on the counter and I had her make her own plate. And it was interesting to see that 
she added the Caesar salad to her plate and she's not a big salad person. I didn't want to make a big deal about it. Like I, I'm inside, I was like, my inner cheerleader was like, yeah, totally amazing. <laughs> like I just pictured streamers and things just like popping out, like such a yeah. happy moment. Um, but she added on the, mute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She added her salad and she put a little bit of salmon on her plate and she really took a little bit of everything. Um, and then she said, Oh, you know, I really like this. I really like this salad. I'll, I would eat this again, or I would order it, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. So I think she's, she's stepping up a little bit, which is exciting because it has, like you said, it's been a journey of trial and error. So I'm happy to see her coming around. Um, in that way. So, okay. So, um, I know you offer meal plans on your website. Are these meal plans, something that offers guidance on ending the short order cook life? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I didn't just share with you the whole flavor profile thing. So if you're just like, I'm not creative, I don't really know how to incorporate different flavors into a rotation. That's essentially everything that you've heard me say in the podcast. I do in our plans in a cycle, right? So I plan it out for my members, the experience of trying new things, different things without being too crazy or weird looking for kids with foods that they're familiar with and reusing ingredients or shopping list is shorter, right? So like all the things of why you should meal plan that it's done for you, right? But most importantly is to help parents introduce, like I just said, the, the spinach really finely chopped as opposed to as a leaf, you know, like all the things that I learned over the years from therapy in the nutritionist and working with like talking about like, you know, the different reasons kids are picky. Like there's a lot that I put into it in order to get out of that rut. So, but I often joke with meal plan members that if you're short order cooking and you're like, I don't know, you know, I tell them, listen, uh, the solution to ending that short order cook life really lies with telling your family that Laura from Momable yeah. said to cook these <laughs> meals, right? It's almost like, hey, you got to do this at school because your teacher said so and the kids somehow do it. I know, you know? So right. I tell them, I'm like, hey, tell them. I already purchased the ingredients on those meals exactly like it's on the list. I'm going to try it. It's like going to school, but in the kitchen, right? So this is what we got to cook today. Now, but all joking aside, like the solution to ending that short order cook life is just, if if you don't want to get a full plan, just not buy the plan B foods, right? Like I, I, a bunch of my parents uh, in in this thing, I, um, in this webinar last week, then they're like, but what if my teens are like, just going to get up and make their own thing? And like, they're going to get up and make what they know that's been purchased as a plan B. So if that plan B is no longer available and you give them permission to go, hey, I know that you may not like that salmon, but you can still eat rice, like whatever you have put out. Right. And a piece of fruit. Like we thankfully probably have the ability to provide foods for our families. We have stuff in the refrigerator and, you know, we, we purchase fruits or vegetables or I just say fruit, but it could be a vegetable as well. Like there will be no cooking, no heating, all of that. I am really trying to spend more time with you in the evenings, have less to cook. So I've already made a whole meal for everyone. If there's an element in there you don't like, you don't have to eat it, right? Like it's okay if for one day they don't eat 
the salmon. Why? Because they probably already had enough protein throughout the day. They can have a glass of milk, right? Like there are other things that we can do right. without having to cook a full meal. So the solution is to actually not enable what yeah. we don't want done. I know. There was lemon pound cake in our house a couple of days ago and it went really fast. And my husband said, I don't understand. And I said, listen, you bring lemon pound cake into the house. <laughs> yeah. What do you <laughs> and expect? It's, and it's on the counter. And so people pray I, and it's just calling their name. And so, yeah, it's going to go, it's going to go fast. And so I think about truly it is, you know, I, there were a lot of things that I stopped even having in my pantry that it's not that they're totally off limits that my kids aren't ever allowed to eat them wherever they may be. Um, you know, but if I do have potato, you know, that I don't ever have potato chips, but there's certain things that I do have that will go really quickly and be the choice if it's there, but right. if it's not there, if it's there, there's something else that, you know, they'll turn to and um, make a different choice. Or if, if they go in the fridge and go grab a yogurt instead of dinner or whatever. Okay. If that's not normally, if that's something that you would normally do. Okay. But you, uh, or maybe gold, like for example, let's just use goldfish or something or a slice uh, of the pound cake. I was going to say right? goldfish, okay, the, the, goldfish and okay. pound cake. Right. <laughs> but say, say that, you know, like the, the cake was on the counter and my, uh, the, a normal follow-up question would be, well, what if they're just going to go grab a slice? Hey, all you have to say is like, Hey, would you mind saving that slice? I was going to bag it up for you for tomorrow's lunch. That slice that you're trying to eat now. Oh, well, I'll eat it now. No, 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 no. Because I really planned on making tomorrow's lunch special for you. So right. wh while you're at it, since you have the knife on hand, go ahead and slice it, <laughs> grab a zip bag and, sli and place it right there. And that's got your name on it for tomorrow. I like, but, like they're, you're not taking away the, the lemon pound cake. They're not missing out on it. You are setting a boundary that at dinner time, what's out? Like it just literally takes continuous repetition, just like training. I hate to compare this to our dogs, but just if you don't want the dog to pee outside, we have to kind of listen out for their cues right. and teach them and take them out continuously. So they're like, oh, right. We, I got to open the back door, right? As annoying as it is to open the back door every 30 minutes when they're yeah. puppies, right? It's the same thing. Like, hey. I really wanted to make your lunch special. Well, since you have the knife in hand, go ahead and bag it for yourself for tomorrow. What are they going to say, right? Like, yeah, you like just kind of got to nip it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there's just, there, there's all sorts of ways to make this a positive experience and a teaching moment for them. They're going to crack up when, if I, well, not that they listen to all the podcasts because, you know, but they'll crack up that the lemon pound cake made its way into this podcast hey. because I just, I, that was the conversation yesterday. I was like, we can't have these things in the house because then there's no self-control. <laughs> no, no, so. you can. It's just like getting a paycheck from work. Okay. But if you get a paycheck from work, doesn't mean, Ooh. Hey, go out and spend it. Right. That's a good analogy. You mentally yes. allocate. If you get a thousand dollars a month, you're already allocating where that money's going to go to rent, food, electricity, your cell phone bill, all those things. Food is the same. It, you you can so right. have those things. Yes. You can have those things at home, right? Because the moment you make food forbidden, it becomes a battle. I know. The, the, the challenge lies on allocating the food to a time when it's okay to eat. Got it. Yep. I got to get on that. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> I'll report back and let you know how it goes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I feel like we definitely should have a follow-up episode. This has been so great talking to you. Um, I decided I'm gonna, and you're gonna, you're the first. I'm gonna ask in the new year that every all of the guests share their busy weeknight go-to recipe before we close out. Okay, so my simple garlic and herb chicken thighs is they are perfectly moist. They're delicious. It's a really affordable meal for families. Um, I made them Sunday night and I served it with white rice, green beans. Some people didn't eat the green beans. I was okay with that. Some people just licked the green bean. Also okay with that because <laughs> the sauce yeah. and the garlic herb is the garlic chicken is so good. And all I have to, I literally prep that chicken the night before, like I told you with a plastic wrap. Yes. I throw it in the oven and Ooh. I'm not dealing with chicken at six o'clock at night. And while they cook, then the rice cooks itself. And so I really like handoff meals that I can help my kids with algebra, right? For example. So um, the baked chicken thighs with garlic are awesome. And they're also on laurafuentes.com. Okay. Well, we will be linking up to that recipe and I will be making that. I'll be adding, that'll be my new um, I always, chicken thighs always fall off my radar and then I rediscover them. I feel like every so often and think, why don't I make these more? Because they're delicious. And like you said, for your budget with everything, all the cost of everything being so high right now, I feel like they're really reasonable for the shopping list. So yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, thank you for thank joining you. us today. This has been so great. Um, can you let listeners know where to find and connect with you? Yeah. So I'd love to connect with you guys over at Mamables on Instagram. And um, you can, there you can see how I keep things, uh, what the kind of recipes that I make, how I keep things um, organized. You can also go to mamables.com slash MP for the meal plans. And um, you can check and see how I organize that week by week. Okay, great. And we'll link up to all of those things in the show notes as well. So if you didn't, if you're driving or please don't be taking notes or anything, if you're in the middle of something, but um, you can just go right to the show notes and, and grab those. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Amanda. Thanks for joining us today. So many takeaways. We'll be sure to link up in our show notes to lots of different links for you guys to, to take a look at. Remember to join the Facebook group. And if you like the Healthy Family Project podcast, which I hope you do, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to talk to me direct, I'm over in the Facebook group. I'm also on Instagram as Amanda M. Kiefer. You can email me at amanda at healthyfamilyproject.com. And you can find Healthy Family Project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.